Hi, and welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. And today I sit down with Jenna Brocious. This is a super fun, spirited conversation. Jenna is a spiritually intuitive guide. And we talk about Jenna's past coming from trauma and how she overcame adversity that she experienced early in her life. It's a really honest and raw conversation. And how it were it was that you know trauma and what she had gone through as a young person that really led to her healing and transformation as an adult. And so we had a lot of fun. We laughed a lot. There's a lot of inspiration here. And I think that you're really going to enjoy it. So please listen in to the episode and share with a friend if you feel called. See you in the episode. Hey there, welcome to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. I started this show to highlight the intuitives, healers, and other courageous women that I've met along my journey and continue to meet. Through amazing interviews, I seek to ask insightful questions to uncover ways in which you, the listener, can apply the wisdom and knowledge to your own life. I believe that we're all in this together, so sharing healing and joy and bringing community together is both my passion and purpose. If you'd like to learn more about the Mystical Sisterhood community I'm building, please visit www.mysticalsisterhood.com. See you in the episode. Welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. I'm very excited today to be sitting with Jenna Brocious. I always like to say where someone came to me, and it was through a networking group I'm part of called Hey Mama and um, Jenna's PR rep came to me and said, Hey, I think that you would be a great fit for Jenna and vice versa. So um, I said a big yes to that. I think that you as the listener are going to just lean into Jenna's story. I'm just wide eyed, wide eared to find out what we're going to talk about too, because it's going to be, it's full of like um, almost like magic and mystery and um, awe, like the space that we're creating today. So welcome, Jenna. I'll first say a big welcome to you. Thank you. I'm already in tears and we haven't even begun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that. A space for vulnerability and just to um, right there, just be with the emotions and for us and for the listeners to know whatever comes, it's just always welcome. And um, just when, when we're held in that safe space, that's when I think that magic can occur. Absolutely. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. So I love how your website says, I just had written down that Jenna's mission and true purpose in life is to help heal and spread more love to others. She loves to speak about the wisdom from lessons she has had to live through and overcome. Life is not always easy, but how we handle the situation dictates what comes next. Plus, knowing her faith in God will carry her through. You can feel her love and dedication to this work of helping others. And Jenna's energy is infectious. And so, you know, this wide welcome. And just with me offering that, which is from your website, where do you think is the most important place to begin? Well, I think that 
all of the trauma and all of the heartache and all of the things I had to endure have actually led me to the most beautiful place in my life. And that's here right now where I get to share my story and I get to help heal and spread more love is such a personal thing. If I'm able to help somebody and they're able to heal themselves, which is so important for them to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. And then that healing really opens up more love for yourself and for others. And so I love being able to talk about stuff like this because I think we all at the end of the day are more alike than we allow ourselves to realize. And so I think it's so cool that we can sit here together as two women and share our stories and still have love and compassion for each other. Cause I think those things lack a lot these days. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And that yes. remark of that we're more alike than we're not. That's the one thing as I, I was just told by an astrologer, like how deeply empathic or empathic wasn't the word. It was like the way that I am in this lifetime is very, very emotional. And, and I kind of, um, I tend to lead with emotions. I tend to go there quickly, but in my life that wasn't always welcome or, maybe I was, um, told that, that, you know, you know, to quiet down or hide it. And so I also learned as, um, I'm kind of wondering, you know, when you first, it came to light for you that it was coming from within you, within you, that there was healing to be done because for me, it was at a really young age where I felt a misalignment, where I felt inner conflict, where I felt a lot of, um, disconnection, but then it took me, even though I was taking steps towards it, it, it took me decades to get there. And for me, it ended up in a wake mm -hmm. up call, but I'm wondering for you, like, when did you know, um, was it when you were younger, did things happen in your life that led you to this heart opening? Um, yeah. So, um, so I always knew what was going on around me as a a child was not normal or okay. Um, but I really didn't start my journey of healing until I got pregnant and I'm the oldest of three. And I thought maybe for the first time ever, my mom was going to actually step up to the plate and be a mother because I was pregnant. And this was such a beautiful thing to be celebrating. And I just got disappointed every time she didn't call or she didn't ask the right questions. And so my husband one day just goes, you can't hold her to an expectation she never agreed to. And mm. the, the light bulb in my head just went off because my mom was 22 and didn't really want to have me, but she had no other option at that point in time in her life. And so she didn't really agree to be a mother. She got thrown into the life of it all. And so when she didn't show up in the grandmother way that I had hoped, I really had to look at the whole story all over again. And that's what catalysted all of the healing and it's been eight years of this journey. And I just had a big breakthrough last week that was still attached to her. And I'm like, how does this keep unfolding? And mm -hmm. does the unfolding never stop? I'm unsure. <laughs> I don't think it does because there's so much unlayering. It's fascinating that mm -hmm. that message came through your husband of like, wow, <laughs> you know, re reality check or whatever you call it here. But then yeah. that you were open to the self-reflection of, wait a minute, what about, what am I, what am I misunderstanding here? Or what am I misinterpreting? So did that then lead you to 
like, wait a minute, is there parts of my past here to be reconciled or what was the beginning of that path? You know, it kind of halted at that point in my pregnancy, but I think once I became a mother and I realized how much I loved this little person, I almost got angry at my mom all over again because I was like, how could you have done and put me through the things you had put me through if you loved me the way I love my son? Mm -hmm. And so I really had to start working on myself because the anger I wasn't going to allow to take over. And so I had to start the journey. And so it was slow steps and slow. And, you know, you kind of get a little bit more comfortable in the world of healing and how to figure out how to heal yourself and you find the right people to help you guide you along the way. And um, I feel very blessed because I, I don't want to live in anger or hurt. I want to live in happiness and joy and love and forgiveness and compassion. That's truly mm -hmm. where I want to live. And those are the words that I have for my mother today, because when I look back at her childhood, she had a horrible, hard childhood as well. So yeah. You know, she wasn't raised by the best people ever on the planet and then decided to make a bad decision with me. She did the best with what she had before. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so true. And I think that when, sometimes when we talk about our past, people can say, well, they were um, like almost defensive of their parents. And I think when we put out there, like, it's all okay. It's not, it's not in judgment that we're coming to our past because you're right. They were, they were doing the best they could. Um, and it doesn't mean that we deprive ourselves of the healing that wants to come from that. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's yeah. actually become an issue in my family because I am speaking about my childhood. Um, I have a couple of family members that are not pleased with me because of it, but you know what? I don't care because i feel 100% I'm in the right place doing the right thing right now. And so mm -hmm. I move forward with whatever my heart tells me to do. Mm -hmm. And what you were just talking about, like those, the joy, the happiness, the abundance, those kind of, they feel like they're almost like a North star to you. Like I'm, that's a non-negotiable for me. I'm going there and I'm going <laughs> to, I, I always feel like, um, with this kind of work and what we're called to do, I always feel like it's a magnet pulling me forward, almost from my heart center where mm -hmm. you can't do you. We could try to deny it. Right. And we could try to just like not do what you're being called to do, but it, it does feel like a non-negotiable. Well, well, I think they make, and I say they spirit, God, whatever we want to call it. I feel like they uh, <laughs> will push you you or get your attention until you really sit down and focus on it. That was at least my example. I just like, they were throwing it in my face until I couldn't deny the spirituality that I had not, not known of before. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I love, I like have gratitude to my angels and spirit guides all the time for having made it so obvious of what I needed to do. <laughs> well, we talk a lot about that on this podcast is that the, whatever you call it, whatever it's the the inner, the inner guidance, the outer guidance. Some people say it's that, that through line, like it's, it's, it's one and the same it's. And if we talk about, I was just reading last night about how we are that microcosm in ourselves of the macrocosm of the universe. And so mm -hmm. it's that I was reading about shadow work and that we have all the parts inside of us, even the parts that drive us crazy about other people, they actually exist inside of us. And that kind of reminds mm -hmm. me like when you, 
it, it feels like you haven't said much about the journey with your mom, but that you are able, I think what I hear you saying is you are able to put compassion there now, more understanding where in the beginning, I almost feel like we have to work through those raw emotions, whether they're anger or resentment or just rage even that wants to come out of us. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the journey as well. And if we don't hold space for that, we're, we're missing out as well. I think the anger and the frustration is something that I also don't want to boil up within me. So I appreciate those years of that hatred and that anger and that rage. I'm just grateful that I was able to get to the other side because the other side is way better. (laughs) Yeah. Because you can, people can get stuck for a lifetime and not kind of ever fulfill that kind of part of their soul contract. Now, you know, Jenna, what you went through as a young child, is that something that you want to go into? So people have that relational point or, you know, how does that feel to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I mean, I'm, I'm an open book because I, again, I feel like it's part of my purpose to share the wildness that I occurred that occurred. And so I just, I'm not ashamed of it. I, um, I, I am very strong because of it. And so you may ask us many questions as you would like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you, what was your experience of your childhood? I guess I just ask it broadly. Totally. Um, so I was raised by a single woman who was 22 when she had me. Um, let's see, I didn't know who my father was until the age of 36. So that was always a really hard point for me. My mom's been married multiple times. And, um, at one point she was with a motorcycle gang member, which was quite interesting to say the least. I was exposed to more things than I hope most children are exposed to. But, you know, she was a narcissist and an alcoholic, and she lost custody of both of her other two children because their fathers took them away from the situation and I was left behind. And it was it wasn't easy. She wasn't she would bring men home and I'd have to listen to it all night. And, you know, I still have triggers every once in a while that really throw me for a loop because I thought I've overcome and I haven't. Um, Yeah, it's it's. An interesting story. The the motorcycle gang part is the most fun because the cops were staked out across the street from the clubhouse. So the gang members would go through the back door and hide their bikes in the secret room. And all the women and children would go through the front and we'd wave at the cops across the street and then go in. And I mean, I, the man my mom was with is in jail for murder now, but wow. that was like who I hung out with for two and a half years every single day. And my mom thought that that was okay. So mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I would just never put my my own child in that situation, but I know better. So absolutely. And so when you were that child, what age comes to mind? Was it when you're below 10 or I mean, the first time the first time I saw my mom physically abused or pushed through a glass table was five years old. Mm -hmm. And I think that changed everything for me. So that was that was like the big pivotal moment. Um, it's funny, actually, I bit my stepdad the night that he threw my mom through a glass table and I just met up with him recently and he still has the bite marks on his arm from where I bit him. Yeah. Well, I imagine that that was just such self-protection, like just that animal instinct. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's such compassion for her too. The, I, um, I don't know if I read that in some of your stuff, but just like the, 
the young, your, I don't know how you refer to it, like the inner child, but going back to that young, but we can talk about how you got there, but just so much compassion we can have you that we can have for that little girl that endured so much. What would you say? You know how they talk about how, when we are exposed and everyone is in some way, shape or form to whatever is in their household or in their environment, but how we develop the mask or the survival self or the ways to cope and survive. How did that show up for you? What did little Jenna kind of take on? Well, I was very lucky because I had a grandmother that would spoil me and take me shopping every year before school. And it didn't take me until I was older to realize this, but if we had a really bad night at home or the cops were called or I had to call the cops, whatever the situation was, I would always go to school the next day in my best outfit Mm. because that was my way of masking whatever had happened at home. I'm going to show up at school and I'm going to look perfect. Like nothing happened. And I'm just going to keep moving along. And so I've found that to be the case, which I didn't know, but I still love to wear great outfits. It's just now I wear them whenever I want and not right. dependent on what's going on at home. Yeah. But when you look back and you see that, so it was sort of like, okay, if I look perfect on the outside, no one can touch what's going on in my home. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Were you kind of, did you go through the motions too? Did you become a people pleaser or uh, quiet your voice down? How did that show up? I was a, I was a big people pleaser because I never wanted to go home. So I would be a people pleaser at my friends' houses. I would clean up our messes. I would like make sure everything was perfect. I would be perfect. I had manners. I would, you know, I would sit so quietly. Um, so I did it in the, in the way of not wanting to go back to the chaos. I would try and stay as long as I could in other places. So But I didn't also recognize that for many, many years that I was a people pleaser in that way. Yeah. And did you see that? I will kind of like go like back and forth, but I've seen that in a few people in my life where that even into adulthood, the um, urge, I guess, to leave the home environment and be out of the house. It's almost like, even if the house is healthy now, it's an ingrained thing to be out of the house to avoid I guess like possible intimacy, like if you, if you now have a healthy environment, but it makes total sense that you would want to be out of the house and to be and almost like, it's almost like to create your little perfect world as much as you could. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did every after school activity that was free. I did anything that I possibly could to never go home because yeah. I didn't want to be there because I never knew what I was walking into. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you before I'd go home, I'd have to like almost put my armor back on and like pet myself up to be like, okay, whatever we walk into, we'll be safe. We'll go in our room. We'll do whatever it takes to kind of just avoid the chaos yeah. at all costs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did that kind of continue for you through your teenage years then too? Um, you know, once I got a car, I had my own freedom and I got a job and then I had my own money. My mom really didn't care what I did at 16 and on because I was almost like a less of a liability at that point. So Mm -hmm. she, I had a curfew of midnight, even though my mom was never home at midnight. I had a curfew of midnight. (laughs) Nobody was there to know if I was on time, but I still showed up on time. I did. Yeah. I did what I was told. I followed the rules, even though nobody else followed the rules. I don't know why. Just part of my personality. <laughs> right. It's um. Right. It's it's ironic that you had the the um. You know, twelve o'clock curfew. But it also makes sense that 
you would want to follow and just kind of color within the lines in those years, just because um, I'm going to say, because you had to deal with so much chaos that was out of your control. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So then did you end up just going into the workforce? Did you go into college? What happened to you when you kind of moved through your late teens, early twenties? So I got very lucky. I had an amazing um, high school sweetheart and his parents knew what was going on in my household. And so I really stayed at their house a lot uh, my senior year and freshman year of college. And then Mm -hmm. I had a girlfriend come down to Arizona and she's like, Jenna, you're not going to believe it. You have to come to Arizona. And I was like, okay. So I went down for spring break and it was snowing in Spokane when I left and I arrived in Arizona and it was 80 degrees with palm trees and cute boys. And I was like, sign me up. I'm leaving. (laughs) So I worked one summer and I saved as much money as I could. And I left Spokane, Washington, and I have never looked back. Um, Mm. I worked three jobs when I was 19. I mean, I hustled for years, but you know what? It was my hustle. It was my environment. It was my experience. Nobody else had control over anything going on around me. So it was like the greatest freedom that if I had to work five jobs, I wouldn't have cared because it was my own. Mm -hmm. And I was so blessed and I don't Mm -hmm. take any of those years back either. Cause they were like, they also built me up to be who I am today. So it was all worth it. It's always all worth it. Once we get over there. Oh, no kidding. But that's really, um, really cool and admirable, admirable those years where you went and again, reflecting on the, the possibility that the universe kind of sent to you, like, oh my gosh, your girlfriend invites you down. And then the choice that you had, because I always think about things in choice points too, right? You could have, seems like it was a really pivotal point for you to either have gone back home or created something new for you. So that actually started for you at a, that's remarkable, I think, because you started to kind of do some change. And I know you're still young, but like at a young age, and we don't always see that because I might be, I don't even know how many X years older than you, but my generation may, maybe that's changing as we go down, you know, where people are waking up a little bit younger. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. I just think that for me, I had to create a boundary with her because she was still pushing the boundaries with me, Mm -hmm. even though, even though she knew better, like, Like perfect example, freshman year of college, I'm about to take my first final and I dislike tests a lot. And the night before my first test, she called me at 2 a.m. from the jail sale, Jill, um, Mm -hmm. asking me to bail her out because she beat the shit out of her ex-husband's girlfriend. And I was like, you obviously have no understanding of me trying to build myself up to be something bigger and better because all you care about is me bailing you out of jail and not my college test. And that was like the big pivotal moment for me to be like, F you, I Mm got to get out of here because if I don't get out now, this -hmm. will be the rest of my life. And I'm not going to allow her to control how I move. And so I just did whatever I could and talk about the universe working in my favor. I met someone that summer that was going back to Arizona. So I literally caught a ride with somebody to Arizona. I just packed everything I could in his car and went down there. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I just, I had no idea what was going to happen or if I was going to go home one day or what, but I wasn't going to sit around and wait to find out what happens next. I had to take control for myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
when you um, think about how, just when we talk about that internal healing and how when we're raised in chaos or the, what feel, what can feel like abandonment or um, trauma, I'm thinking of all these different words, we do sever our connection and we can go back and talk about attachment too, but how did that kind of, that disconnection from your mom, you didn't have your dad in the house young. Did that, was that starting to show up as you got older in your internal state of like, did it feel, um, or how did it feel to you? I guess I would say your internal state, what was, you know, you said the thing about when you went to have your first child and kind of your wake up around then, but did you know within your own, like on this psychological makeup or for your, that emotionally things were felt out of alignment for you? You know, I have to say that God was really good to me because I always had great people in my life at pivotal moments. The first two husbands that my mother had were actually really great men. And she was just a psycho crazy pants. And so I think she hit it really well in the beginning and then it would unfold over time and it would explode. But both of those men were great men. I speak to one of them today often. Um, And I had a really great best friend through elementary school whose parents were very kind to me. And I still speak to them. Mm -hmm. I think God just put really good people in my life at special times to really hold me close. And I never felt alone. I, my mom abandoned, I, I, I believe my mom abandoned me a long time ago and not Mm -hmm. even that she knew she was doing it. She was just being selfish and doing whatever she wanted. Um, but there were other people in my life that really held me close and allowed my feelings to be heard and seen. So I, I have a lot of gratitude um, for that. Mm -hmm. I got lucky. Mm -hmm. I consider myself lucky still. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, it's great to have those beacons of wisdom. And, um, so that makes me think that into this lifetime, you brought a lot of wisdom with you and it's, I feel like it allowed you to, even with the storms that were going on around you, this is just my feeling is that you were able to move through, like you're saying, to get to the point where you're sitting today to share your story. So when you started going down, like, oh, there are things to heal here. Did, what, did you start practicing new things and pulling new ways of looking within into your life and what's, what's been most um, present or meaningful. You can, it can be many things. Um, well, I think we're going to go down the woo woo. We're going woo woo now. Okay. So (laughs) I met my husband and our grandmothers passed away within a couple months of each other. And both of us loved our grandmothers because they took such good care of us. And they, we had special Mm -hmm. relationships. One of the things I loved about my husband is that he had such a great relationship with his grandmother. But once I met my husband, my spiritual journey actually begun because I started seeing ghosts and spirits and angels and things were showing up that I had never seen before. And so, like I said earlier, how it was just kind of thrown in my face and I had to see it. They were doing everything they possibly could to get my attention. Mm -hmm. And I really think that was the catalyst to starting all of my healing small in small increments. Um, 
my I went to somebody in Sedona and they said that why do you have two clocks what are the two clocks and I was like oh my husband and I have our grandmother's clocks those that's the only thing either one of us asked for from our grandmothers was their clocks which is a very random thing to ask for by the way and she was like oh the two of them in heaven coordinated your timing and I was like oh. like how do you how do you do that a child but really yes. that spiritual journey um, just opened me up to so much more. And then it just really started seeing people digging deeper, realizing what I went through is part of this journey. You know, I just thought it was like who I was and it was my story. But then once I started to like get into it, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm really strong and I overcame a lot and look at me now. And if I can do that, I can move forward even faster and harder and stronger. And so it's just like unfolded in little increments um, that I don't even know how to describe, to be honest. Yeah, no, but just the, um, a a good friend of mine, she was on the podcast. She's an intuitive and uh, a channeler. And she once said to me, Maureen, when these things happen, like the two grandmas doing this timing together, it's actually like they're working really hard on the other side to make that happen. And you can imagine, you can like, oh. you know that that's true. Goosebumps, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that reminds me. Okay, so what I what I'm hearing you say is that you almost like had these downloads or these. Um, maybe your field started to be more open. And so then you began to receive messages and guidance and it allowed you to tap into yourself more. And I noticed that on just the, what Courtney had sent me about the interview topics was just the, this idea of how life is working in our favor. I think it was on your website because I don't see it here, but that whole idea that life is happening for me or your mantra being, um, it's everything's working out something like that, right? Everything's working in our favor, even when we don't think it is. Mm -hmm. And I like, I, I can't say it enough because at the end of the day, my childhood was all meant to be because it's put me right here. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect example of why I say the things I say is I was going to have Easter brunch and I invited some people over And somebody called the day before and they're like, oh, we're going to do this and then we'll come over, but we'll be late. And for me, I'm a big party planner and I love to have everything like perfect in my house and it's an environment and it's fun. And I got off the phone and normally I would have like freaked out and lost my cookies and spewed all this negative energy everywhere. And I got off the phone and I was like, this is going to work out in my favor. Everything's going to be okay. And the next morning they showed up on time. They decided to not do what they had planned to do. And I'm just curious if I had like freaked out and done my normal negative spiral, if they wouldn't have been on time, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think Mm -hmm. when we change our attitude into thinking it's actually working in my favor, it actually does work in our favor. Absolutely. And mind blowing. and, And to be, I like to be in communication and when those things align, just to be, you and I were talking before we hit record today that pulling in, and I think the listeners really respond to this, like pulling in the playfulness, the joy, today's the summer solstice as we record this, right? And I was declaring, I I cleared some decks for myself this summer and my, my name for the summer is the sacred summer. But 
part of my intention is around receiving and being in the feminine, but also being in the play and the joy. And we were just talking about that. Like we can do the healing work, but then what about, can it be, let's just ask the question. Can we have the playfulness and joy in there? Are we going to allow ourselves to have that? Are we going to be so bogged down by what the old story is? Well, and I think, oh, I mean, this is such, I love this topic. It's my favorite topic because I'm such a goofball now. And um, I think it's just so important to laugh because like I said, we can get in that deep, dark, heavy place and we can get stuck there. And I've gotten stuck there before. Yeah. So I know it's not easy to crawl out of. Um, but the thing that one of, uh, if I could give anybody a, a little tip or anything, it would be, we love going to comedy shows. Comedy shows mm. is one of the things my husband and I love to do as a date night thing because it just gets us out of our normal environment and it yeah. makes us laugh. And yeah. there's nothing better than cry laughing. That is like top five favorite oh, things for me. Yes. To cry <laughs> it's such a release. I couldn't agree more. And it's funny because someone I know, she'll know who it is when she listens. She just went, we're right outside of Chicago, but to a magic show. Like a magic show. I want to go to the magic show and it's ongoing, but I love the comedy show um, kind of opportunity or possibility too. And I think that what I'm learning a little bit about myself and my journey and like you, uh, I believe vulnerability is where it's at. And if we can, I I couldn't, Hey, uh, these topics that I'm covering in this podcast two years ago, forget it. And it's just through my evolution. And now I'm like, oh, we could talk about angels and spirit guides and all these things that I would have never envisioned I could do that. But I still have that side of me that, um, so that's vulnerable to put out. But I kept myself, this is kind of the different side of it in a self-imposed, I'm going to say jail, um, um, because of some experiences in my life, whether they were way in the past or in the last 10 to 20 years or five to 15, whatever. And what I'm realizing is like, Maureen, you're only perpetrating that against yourself. Like that yes. you just yes. keep yourself imprisoned. And so yes. it's funny because I mean, this podcast just started in January, but in a way listeners will be on the journey with me because I will sometimes put things out about myself and I'm not, I'm like, not afraid to say like I was full of resentment at one point, like a toxic brew of it. But I also, I'm also like, Ooh, is that, is that like a little too, you know, edgy, but I think it's all, I think we said it before we started taping too, is that we're all in this together. We're all, um, everyone comes from something. We have all experienced adversity, some, you know, the big T trauma, even if it was a little T trauma or neglect or whatever it was. And so I don't know. I'm just one of those people that are going to get real about it. (laughs) But when I don't have, yeah, well, I was going to say when I don't have myself imprisoned, guess what? I can free the fun Maureen and the playful inherent side of me. Well, here's a, here's a question for you. Have the circle of friends you surrounded yourself with changed? Uh, Yes, I'd say so. And a lot came in the form of, I have my local friends. And when I've gone through my coaching programs, 
it just was like these people that were coming together with the shared interest and the shared, um, just the way that we can be with each other. And it's ushering in, I think like even our conversation today, I think it's ushering in a new femininity, maybe even an upgraded one. And where we're really like, we're really in the sisterhood together. We're really supporting one another. We really hold, I always like think about, um, that idea of escorting each other's soul's growth. So I've got your hand as much as you have mine. Right. And it maybe doesn't even matter if we've never met before today, but if we can know in that and just trust in that and surrender to it, it's so beautiful. Yeah. I've really realized I've had a lot of relationships just fall to the wayside and I've had to just graciously let them go, um, knowing they weren't serving me any longer, but I have to be around people that are playful and not so serious and can take like, you know, the van AC broke. Are we going to sit in here and complain for two hours? Or are we just going to kind of like go on the ride? Cause it right. is what it is. We can't yes. change it. Yeah. Uh, but I've also, the people pleaser came out in me because I want to be everybody's friend. I want everybody to like me. And I kind of started to realize that's not who I am anymore. And mm-hmm. I, I rather have five great friends than a hundred, whatever yeah. friends, you know, yeah. I've really started to like tighten up who I really allow in, in some ways, because I just don't have time to waste on people that don't have any interest in growing or loving or yeah. all of the beautiful things that are out there. Does that mean to the word that is coming to my mind is boundaries? Have you changed your relationship or, or even learned what one was? Yeah. I mean, I love boundaries. Boundaries are my favorite thing. My husband laughs. My favorite word is no, because that's just my instant reaction. Yeah. <laughs> and that's then, then I warm up and he'll come back. Yeah. He'll come back and ask me again, like an hour later, I'll be like, okay, I thought about it and we can do this. <laughs> right. It's almost like it creates, it's, it's, yeah, it creates space for you though. Right. To then be discerning oh, about uh, what, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It creates the best space, but to be honest with you also through this whole journey, and I, I bet you can attest to this as well is it's kind of a lonely journey um, mm-hmm. because there's really, it's not a shareable kind of thing because it's your mm-hmm. own personal experiences that you're really letting go of and moving through. Yeah. So I actually really enjoy my alone time a lot. And my husband knows when I start to get a little antsy, cause I haven't had enough alone time, mm-hmm. but I cherish my boundary of alone time. And I will not sacrifice that for anything at this point in time in my life. Does that, um, look like the same thing to you every day or does it kind of vary when you need it in the day? Do you like to set aside a morning and have a ritual? Um, my ever, well, once I take my son to summer camp, cause he's at summer camp right now, I come home, I get my workout in, I do like my tasks around the house, but I blast my meditation music or whatever I want to listen to that morning as I'm doing all my tasks in the house. So I still am like, it's like my moving meditation in a way. And then mm-hmm. I'll go outside and I'll, sit and I'll listen to the birds and ground myself. Um, but I really need that like two hours in the morning to just have like align with myself, connect with myself, build myself up for the day. And then we can yeah. go full force. But also I don't get that all the time because we're on vacation or mm-hmm. we're home for a week, you know? So yeah. I try to get in the mornings, but it, it, I can't, 
I have to be, we have to be flexible and we yeah. have to allow things to happen. So when I get it, I take it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I sometimes have the struggle between I, I want to work out, but then if I come down in the morning and light some candles and take out either some inspirational reading or something too, to get me into that vibration that feels so aligned. Um, oh, and then if I start doing some work early, I'll be like, when do I fit in the workout? And I feel like at this season of my life, it's, it's a dance between the two. And I know that I can, I can do both, but it's, I think we just have to see what works best and, uh, be willing to go with the flow. And I always hear too, that it's good to just have the practices. So in the times where you can't access the practices, your, your cup is fuller. I just did an Instagram story about it actually today because I love to work out, but it hasn't been a possibility. And so I also have to be easy with myself yes. and mm -hmm. that, that I can't work out. And I think if we hold so hard to like, oh, I have to work out every day and if I don't work out, it's da 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 da. I think you're just hurting yourself just as much as not working out. So you really, I really just talk about like, be easy on yourself. If you can make it happen, make it happen. But if you can't there, we just let it go. It just needs yes. to be let go. It doesn't need to be held. I appreciate you saying that because, and, and with, with everything, right. It's, it's yeah, for me, uh, <laughs> but for everything, it's holding it gently. It's desiring naming what's for us, but also just holding it gently because that's not our kind of soul's journey doesn't care how many times we work out a week or, I mean, we have to realize that some of those are just our humanness that puts in all like the things on our to-do list and the shoulds. And yes, they're the things that make us feel good and keep us healthy, but we can put some to the side because we have yeah. to, um, I think, be aware of our conditioning around it all too. Yeah. I, just, I always say, just be easy and kind to yourself because nothing is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. This it's, it's a simple, um, I feel like the word pure message it's, um, is it a practice for you? Like when you've gone through the years to hone that voice of support and the loving kindness to yourself where more and more and more the old voices of any sort of judgment or shame are crowded out and they're replaced by this loving kindness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, if I could rub it off on every woman, I would, because it, it is just, sometimes I want to shake my friends and be like, it's going to be okay. Everything's fine. Just let it go. You know? And I'm like, yeah. why are you beating your head against the wall over that topic? Like, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter at the end of the day. So uh, that's, I always, yes, be easy and kind to yourself is the biggest thing I could give to any woman to yeah. do that. So, so Jenna, for you now, when you're sort of channeling these messages for humankind. Um, what is, are you working as a coach now? Or how does that is it showing up in the work that you do with other people? Or is it sort of a life mantra that you're just bringing out to the masses? So I did intuitive channeling for two years, and I enjoyed it, but it is um, a lot of energy and it is a large responsibility and it just kind of you know fizzled out in the most perfect way I think possible and then I created my positive intention prayer cards that I sell on Etsy 
And then um, I did a big trauma release last week that I was not expecting. And God has put on my heart so deeply to write a book about releasing that generational trauma. Um, So I'm currently in the midst of writing a book about it. So I'm really excited. I'm hoping to have it done by the end of the year. That is my personal goal. I'm holding myself to, um, but yeah, I don't really work with my, I just, I do Instagram messages and stories and yeah, you know, I help in any little way I can. It's gorgeous to put that light out into the world. Um, with your, okay. Two questions is, did the universe deliver you the trauma release or was it something that you were actively working on or how did that occur? Oh man, I have been feeling out of my skin, itchy, uncomfortable for a couple months now. And I just could not pinpoint why I was feeling so uncomfortable in my own skin. And I finally, after I I had lunch with um, a friend and whatever she told me at lunch just triggered everything. The light bulbs went off and I finally understood why I was feeling this weight and this mind stuff that was just running through me constantly. And so it was, it was a surprise, but not a surprise all at the same time that it unfolded the way it did. Uh, But I'm so relieved that it has unfolded and it is released because I have never felt lighter and happier than I have in years. It's like going to the chiropractor and not knowing how much pain you were in. And then he fixes you and you're like, wow, I feel amazing. What was I yeah. thinking? So, okay. I, yeah, I yes. feel- well, I'm so excited about that because I'm thinking right now, you know, when I first started uh, recording the podcast, I kind of had like four or five out and right now in a perfectly fine way, I'm right on top of my schedule. And I feel like, I feel like this is meant to be aired next week because, um, I also have just had a release, like in the last, I'm going to say even 24 hours where I was prepping for it over the weekend, unbeknownst to me by some work I was doing, but, um, I, and I feel like with this solstice, but I, it's curious you're saying that because you're saying it, I'm feeling it. I have another woman, Misha, who was on the podcast just a few weeks ago, who was just, I saw her on Instagram also doing some sort of live about something she's experiencing. So there's right now, there's a really powerful energy going on that I think is great to amplify out into the world as well. Um, and yeah, then I think the world's at its highest frequency it's ever been at currently. Um, which is a huge release frequency and a let go of and bring to the surface frequency. So I'm like, let's go people. I am like, bring it on at this point. When a challenge comes my way, I am excited because I'm just ready to move through it and move Mm -hmm. up and move up and move up. So when people have challenges, I'm like, it's fine. Let's overcome it. How do we move through it? Let's go. Come on. And well, I'm just a little more on fast forward than most people. <laughs> it's going to speak to a lot of people though, though, because your vibration is very high. I'm laughing at myself right now because I'm sitting, I always record in the basement because I've got carpet down here and it's decent background, but I brought my legs up into like a crisscross applesauce and I never sit like this for a podcast. And it's kind of like, I pulled my legs up and I'm leaning in like a child. So I feel like in a good way, you know what I mean? Like in a childlike yeah. playful way. Um, and then the other thing before we finish is, so the prayer cards are on Etsy. And did you feel like that was like a, a divine download too, or how did that come to you? And how, like when you created it? 
that was honestly one of the most beautiful moments I've ever experienced. I, um, I had been doing real estate and my, I was unhappy. And so my husband's like, take a few months off, just figure out what you want to do next. And we'll, we'll move from there. So I sat every day on my office floor after my son went to preschool and I would just pray and meditate and journal and cry. And then the, the prayer cards came to me and then COVID hit. And then I was just looking for something to keep my head in the positive space and not in the down space. And I couldn't find a prayer that was just really going to like help me there. Mm-hmm. And so when COVID ended, I was able to write these positive intention prayer cards. And I love them because uh, I found that some of the Bible verse apps were very negative and the words they use were very like dark and sticky to me. And so all of the prayer cards are written with like positive intentions, positive words. How do we move forward? What's the light at the end of the tunnel? And so it's, it was God desperately put that one on my heart because it's just something that I love. And it's been, the response has been beautiful, which is just a bonus to have (laughs) created something. And then for this trauma to happen, and to have that put on my heart again, I'm like, okay, now I know what's next. Cause I had been waiting, I've been talking to my PR girl. I'm like, I don't know my next move. I don't know my next move. And then to move through that trauma and really see it, I was like, oh, that's my next move. Now I know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it always is shown to us. It's not in the time frame we like. <laughs> I know. And if we, if we can remember, it's like, if we can remember, oh, surrender while you're in it. Um, yeah. so I can't wait. I can't wait to discover their prayer cards. I always put all the links to where people can find you in the show notes, but in case they don't look your Instagram is Jenna B spiritual. Oh, Jenna B spiritual. Okay. So I'll put that in the bottom and then your Etsy page. Same. Exactly the same. Yeah. Okay. So it's Jenna B spiritual. So we'll put in your, um, website, all your good stuff and any links that you want to share with people. But, um, and if you send me your address, I'll send you some cards. Oh, wonderful. I can't wait to see the cards. I'm so excited for them. Um, yeah, but I thank you so much. It's, it's just divine timing that you and I got to have this conversation today. I'm so happy to know you and share your message with this audience and, um, yeah. Any parting words from you that you want to add? Well, thank you for making me not feel alone in my journey. I appreciate that always. I think that we can all feel very lonely. So I appreciate your love and support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right back at you. Okay. Thanks to the listeners. Um, We'll see you in the next episode. Check out the show notes and we will uh, see you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mystical Sisterhood. If you love what you heard, please visit Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave a review and share with a friend if you're called to do so. To learn more about my one-on-one coaching programs or join the Mystical Sisterhood membership, visit maureenspielman.com or mysticalsisterhood.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode.